Hello and welcome to Positives Podcast, episode number 128. I'm your host, Mike Gutterman, coming to you from the Gutterman Cave on a, uh, I guess it's a Thursday morning now. Uh, it's been very strange because Ford Motor Company canceled work again tonight, so I did not have to work. I usually like to make the midweek podcast on Thursday nights, Friday mornings, but I don't know if Ford's going to cancel tomorrow, so I figured I'd just go ahead and do it tonight. And uh, it's very strange. There's this big parts shortage because a parts factory caught on fire and the, the ceiling fell, caved in on it. And so we are out of parts, so we can't run production. Apparently, it's affecting a lot of automakers as well. So uh, I'm not sure how long I'm going to be off work, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it because the weather is very beautiful here in Louisville, Kentucky right now. But this is a very special Wednesday, Thursday podcast, a very special midweek podcast because I normally would be by myself doing a little short episode of me saying the same things over and over and over. But tonight, uh, because uh, somebody has finished his semester in school, it's, he's on a little summer break. He's feeling a little, little randy. He's feeling a little uh, party-ish, I guess. Uh, so we are joined by the illustrious, normally only on Sunday nights, co-captain of the podcast, Mr. Andre Dominguez. Andre so, wow, it's a midweek podcast for you. How do you feel about that, and how are you doing tonight, sir? I am doing great, Mike. I have no obligations uh, for tomorrow other than appearing as a last-minute replacement guest on uh, Corey Cannon and Andrew Bartram's The Lensless Podcast. So I'm going to be heading out and shooting with my very, very new zero image six by nine uh, at some point tomorrow before I record so I can give a little bit of my, my first impressions. But other than that, semester's over, no obligations yet until I actually get to, to California and start having to, to put my money where my mouth is and, and doing some work for Sin Still. So I am so, so happy to be joining you here uh, on the podcast to just, you know, talk and actually record it this time um the <laughs> the members of of our beloved audience don't know this but you know mike and i actually do talk uh, outside of the podcast in fact uh yesterday we talked for a total of i don't even know what it was do you know mike oh gosh it was it was probably at least four hours don't you think at least like we were like I a bunch so, of teenage yeah. girls yeah, <laughs> you get us. You get us talking about film, and we were like a bunch of teenage girls just spreading high school rumors around to each other. But uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, it was a very long conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So uh, it's nice to actually. We, we the thing is, like, we always like talk about tons of podcast ideas and th topics, and then the next day we can't remember any of them because we don't write any of them down. So uh, so that's kind of where we're at. But Andre, you're joining Corey Cannon's Lensless Podcast tomorrow. That's another notch on your belt like i'm pretty sure that you at this point you've been on every film photography podcast under the under the sun at this point you just got to hit up like john gregory and matt melcher and and bryce randall and get on theirs and you could just you can you have been on all the universe of film uh podcasts so <laughs> well well you know mike let's let's temper this with the fact that not all podcasts have guests you know my, my, my childhood dreams of being on the fpp you know, may never come to fruition, but I do enjoy talking to Mike Rosso off air. But, um, but yes, uh, if anybody would like me on their, on their podcast, <laughs> shoot me a message. I'd love to talk to you, to, you know, some film with you. 
<laughs> Next thing you know, Andre will just be randomly showing up on like uh, digital photography uh, uh, oh, no, podcasts no. and, and j- just to just to give them a bunch of crap. So uh, which would, would <laughs> absolutely make my day, truthfully. But uh, like, but, hi uh, guys, so- can you stop being jerks about like the way that you talk about film photography? Pretty please with a cherry on top. <laughs> and just drop the mic at that point, and you're good. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I would love it. I would love it. So, uh, but yeah, a podcasting superstar, Andre Dominguez. So uh, it's, it's uh, always, always, always nice. And, and now we have him here on the midweek and uh, it's, uh, it's so this is not going to be a short episode. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, normally the midweek episode is short. That's not going to happen tonight. So uh, hopefully you guys have some time to listen to this, uh, this thing, but Andre, what have you, you had a, you had a kind of a banner day today. You, you had a, a treasure trove that you, 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 you found some, uh, you get your, your you get your yourself a hold of a, some large booty today. So, uh, um, th- so can you tell the listeners about your uh, your day of acquiring a large booty of film fun? Absolutely. So, um, as I alluded to before, um, after my my lovely experience with uh, Corey Cannon on Worldwide Pinhole Photography Day, he. Um, you know, knew we had talked about during that day, me wanting to to kind of upgrade my my pinhole camera situation. I love the little Ondu uh, Pocket 135, but definitely wanted to shoot some some medium format pinhole, and was you know spending a lot of time doing research, figuring out exactly what I wanted, and I had settled at least for the time being on the zero image six by nine. And uh, he messages me a, a couple days later, uh, well not a couple. Uh, maybe about a week later and says like, Hey, you know, I actually uh, want an auction for a zero image six by nine with the cable release adapter, which makes it so much better. Cause you're not like shaking the, the camera by like moving the shutter with your finger. Um, and I got it and I don't really like it because of the size of, if I'm going to be using something that big a size of, you know, wooden box, I might as well be using my, my Ondu five by seven. And so I said, dude, how much do you want for it? He says, you know, I won the auction for around like, you know, 80 bucks. So if you, you know, pay me 80 bucks, then whatever the, the shipping is for me to ship it to you, like it's yours. So that finally came in today and I was super jazzed about that. The Leica lens that I was trading, um, my Sumacron dual range for the rigid uh, came in as well today. And then I, because I was already sort of on a high, I was like, you know what, I'm going to hit all three photography stores um in my area and hit up two thrift stores to see what i could find and i walked out with a bunch of stuff uh, an extra lens for my fly projector um a roll of like uh kodak and ilford black and white films to test out in the pinhole camera um a hasselblad back uh, for another pinhole camera that i uh ordered which is actually really interesting and i might talk about with with Corey and, and Andrew tomorrow um, and a few other like, you know, little bits and bobs and just had a, a great time. But, like the whole day wasn't spent shooting photos at all. I don't actually think I took any pictures other than phone pictures of the stuff that I was finding in the stores and I'll, I'll post those later. Uh, but you know, don't, don't feel bad guys. If you, if you're seeing people post on the negative positives film photography podcast, Facebook group that they're, you know, already starting their, their double exposure challenge or they're out shooting events and concerts and stuff like that. You don't have to, to be shooting photos uh, to have a good time 
with film photography. You can go out and hit up some thrift stores. Hopefully, you, you have some good luck. I think some of Danny Roberts's mojo is like washing, you know, onto me because I've been finding yeah. stuff recently after a, a long dry spell. So, I wish it would rub onto me. I have, I'm not having much luck, but but I would love to. to I'm gonna, actually I'm thinking about hitting. If Ford cancels tomorrow, I am planning on hitting some thrift stores tomorrow. But uh, uh, and also uh, yeah, see what the, how. But did you mention uh, did you mention the Polaroid SX70 you got? Oh yeah, no, I completely forgot about that. I got a yeah. Polaroid SX70 for uh, fifty bucks, which is yeah. super cool. One of my coworkers uh, owes me money for lunch, so I said, you know, instead of instead of just paying me back, um, buy me a, buy me a pack of SX70 film so I can test this out. Because if it's not working, you know, obviously I'm gonna return it uh, because you know I asked them if they tested it and they said, oh, you know, they put an empty pack with the battery and it made its noises and yada yada, but they didn't like film test it, so. It's probably fine, to be honest with you. If, if it responded to that pack, it's probably all right. And uh, it looks minty, too. You know, what was that? I'm just kind of worried about the bellows. Not the bellows. Like, you know when you open an SX-70, it kind of has that, like, rubber. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, like, on the side. Like, that's what I'm worried about there being, like, a hole in that or something. There's nothing that I can see, per se, but... You know, hopefully tomorrow I can. Okay, folks, the anchor gremlins got us and knocked us offline or whatever. So we're back. And uh, Andre was talking about his SX-70 that he bought. And so do you remember where you were at with that, Andre? No, uh, let's just leave it that I'm super excited. I was really, I've actually never used one before. Like, you know, we, we really don't get them, you know, coming into the store that often. Um and so I'd never really gotten a chance to to use one myself and like play around with it. I was really surprised with how close it could focus. Um, and so that's going to be, you know, really interesting. Uh, I might get one of those like flash bars at some point. Um, but for now, I'm just really, really happy to, to have one, uh, an SX-70 and uh, a, any kind of like Polaroid 600 series uh, camera are really kind of like, you know, all, all like the two instant cameras that you, that you need, you know, one for bright sunny days, one for stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Super excited. I actually want to, I hope it's simple enough and that my parents are like sophisticated enough to, to know how to use it. I might need to train them a little bit because uh, in, in a few days uh, when I have my graduation ceremony, um, I want my parents to, to take some pictures of me with it, but we'll, yeah. we'll see. We might have to do a little bit of, of training with them. Yeah. That's not too, it's not, they're not too hard. Once you get the focus down and that is the nice thing about the SX 70, they do, they do focus really close for a Polaroid camera. And, uh, uh, and the SX 70 is just such a beautiful machine. It is, it is one of the, the actually one of the, the most beautiful cameras that I think it's ever been manufactured. They're so awesome. They're, it is strange though. Like you were talking about the rubber, you're worried about maybe the condition of the rubber. I've, I've bought two of them from my local camera store, uh, Chuck Rubin Photographics, and both of them uh, worked fine. So if if it you put that empty film pack in there and it made a noise, you're probably okay. I don't know that the rubber has a whole lot of trouble on those things. Uh, I haven't heard about it. I'm sure it can, 
But the weird thing about an SX70, when you open them up, it always feels a little bit like you're breaking it a little bit. It's, it's, it's. I, okay. <laughs> I'm glad that it wasn't just me. Yeah. Cause like, as I'm doing it, I'm just like, okay, this takes more force to, to open. And I feel like, because also you're sort of pulling it by that like top hood viewfinder yeah. thing. I feel like I'm going to rip that off by accident. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't feel, like, uh, it's not very reassuring. No. <laughs> yeah. But then like it pops into place and then it feels really nice and sturdy. Yeah. Yeah. I love them, man. I really do. So I hope, hopefully it works out for you. And if it doesn't, I guess you can still take it back. So that's, that's a good thing. But, uh, uh, as far as anything else that, that, that we didn't mention about your week before I get into mine or, uh, I can't remember if we covered all yours or not. Uh, that's about it. I think. Okay. Okay. Well, as far as me, uh, I guess last night I went out and finished my row of tri X in my Pentax ME because my ME super is, uh, uh, is ill right now. So I put, brought out my Pentax ME, put the row of tri X, uh, that I shot at 800 speed, uh, for, did a bunch of night photography for my double exposure challenge row. And I have got that row finished up and I'm sending it on its way to Robert Brown tomorrow out in California for him to double expose onto my row. And I also gave him the, uh, the guidelines on the film, where to, sh where to put his shutter frame is that the video that we talked about, uh, that helps you line up the shots or whatever. So I'm just, I'm glad I've gotten that done. I also brought my little Pentax, uh, UC one is a small little, like almost like Pentax's version of the famous Olympus stylus Epic that I bought because I got tired of trying to find Olympus stylus, stylus Epic in thrift stores and I never could find one. So I, what the hell, I just spent like 90 bucks on this UC one. It's Pentax's version of that. And so I shot that a little bit last night for personal shots while I was doing my double exposure row. And then tonight I went out, uh, I don't know, probably about 10, 11 PM, went out and took some more night shots with this little Pentax UC one compact and finished another row of uh tri-x that i rated at 1600 and uh so the way i did that is pretty simple with these auto cameras that do have an auto dx code uh if you look on the facebook group i put up a photo of how you do it you all you have to do is scratch off one of the black squares on the top line of your dx code if you go to the facebook group you'll see photos of how i did it and to change that dx code from 400 to 1600 so it's really easy to change a 400 speed uh, DX code to 1600 by just scratching off one little black square down to the metal on the film cassette and your little auto compact cameras or any sort of auto DX camera will read that 400 as 1600. So I shot a finished the row and that you see one at 1600 tri X. And hopefully if I'm off tomorrow uh, again, I will get that developed, but I was, I really like that camera. I'm having a lot of fun with it. So that's kind of what I've gotten accomplished. Oh, and then today, I also put this on the Facebook group, a little video about it. I am trying to uh, accumulate some frames and I've been printing a lot of my HP printer to get ready for, I have an art show coming up in uh, June. So I'm trying to get ready for that. So I will need some cheap frames. So if you're in the United States, there's a store called the Dollar Tree. Everything's a dollar and they have these really crappy frames, but you know, for an outdoor art show where you want to sell photography cheap and you just need cheap frames, uh, they'll work for that. I mean, you got to be careful with them. They're not the most uh, sturdy frames on the planet. But uh, when you're framing, you got to be really careful about putting the frames together so you don't break them as you're framing them. But uh, once you get them together, they're they're pretty they're solid enough, I guess. And I mean, this art show is going to be outside of 
a tattoo parlor and there's gonna be bands playing and this isn't like a, a museum or a gallery type show so i need really cheap frames to sell really cheap photos because that's going to be kind of the market i'm selling for so but if you're in the united states uh you can check out the dollar tree for really cheap frames and uh look on the facebook group i have a video showing you some of the frames i bought so uh that is the negative positives film photography podcast facebook group so i just posted that video tonight but uh but anyhow andre and i oh the anchor grip and it's really acting up tonight and it is reinforcing the fact that andre and i have been talking about updating uh the way we record this podcast and uh kind of using anchor in a different way a conversation with graham from the Sunny 16 podcast today on Instagram, and he has agreed to come on to judge the double exposure uh, challenge and be as mean as possible to all the entries. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about that, but we have to get this worked out before we can uh, make that happen. And he, Graham actually told us that Anchor was holding us back, and I pretty, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a feeling that Graham has infiltrated Anchor and is shutting us off just to show it, teach us a lesson. Andre, do you feel like Graham's in – uh, to blame for this tonight, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't put him pat. I wouldn't put it past him to to do that. But no, like he he definitely <laughs> has a a point. I think that it's it's past time we, you know, we move to something more reliable. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, but as I before, I was so rudely interrupted by Anchor Gremlins again. Uh, the, the 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 point we're trying to get to tonight is Ectochrome's release. Uh, now it's looking like, uh, they're saying late summer, early fall before it gets released. I don't really care. I want it. Obviously we all want it to come out as soon as possible, but I just want Kodak to get it right. But when it comes out, uh, Andre and I had a pretty good conversation about how we actually plan on using Ektachrome, uh, and like our, how we would use slide film because, you know, it's slide films kind of disappearing. And a lot of people, a lot of film photographers have maybe not even shot, especially new film photographers, maybe have not shot slide film or even really know exactly how they're going to use it or this and that, because I mean, let's face it, it was basically meant for projection and it was also used a lot in magazines back in the day. And a lot of pro photographers uh, would turn in their slides to whatever company they needed to turn them into. But as far as consumer use of slide film, it's always been mostly just for projections or whatever. And cause that was the way you, you viewed them. And uh, so we've talked about how we would approach, uh, ectochrome when it comes out because we both want to shoot it a lot and uh, i'm sure it's going to be a beautiful film so andre do you want to jump into this first before i go into my points about yeah absolutely so as i say this i'm like actually mounting slides as we speak um but yeah essentially the the way that i have um kind of decided that i'm going to be using slides is sort of twofold i think that you know I don't, <laughs> I don't really trust Fujifilm to, to keep like four by five slide film around for, for much longer at all. Um, so, and you know, while I can still get my hands on some medium format slide film, I'll like begrudgingly give my money to Fuji because I just love shooting those big six by nine slides with my uh, Fuji GW 690 or even six by six with the Rolleiflex. Like, you know, I just love doing portraits on, you know, larger formats, like, you know, medium format um, and above. So that's, you know, going to definitely factor into it. Uh, some like, you know, big portraits that I can look at those slides on a light table. Um, but 
apart from that on the 35 millimeter side, I really want to start using slide film for kind of like important moments. Like when I go and visit my parents in, in Miami, um, if we go out to lunch or something, or if we go to do something on a, on a weekend, a little weekend trip, I want to be shooting those pictures with slide film because ultimately, you know, my goal is that, uh, that final projection. I've, I send pictures that I take of them on vacations, just my scans all the time. And that's always, you know, fine. They, they you know, they have no idea that it's like film or digital. I mean, they probably do, but you know, they don't particularly <laughs> care. You know, it's a digital image that gets sent to their phones like anything else. Um, but I would really want to like sit them down and, you know, actually put on a, a, like a well, you know, curated, hopefully well exposed um, <laughs> slide projection of a, you know, of a trip that we make. And I want to do that for, for family, for friends, for loved ones you know, capture special moments on slide film because there really is no other way of, of, you know, presenting images uh, to people uh, that's, that has that same kind of emotional quality of a slide projection. Yeah. The impact of a slideshow is pretty amazing, man. It's, and it's amazing actually how much you can blow up those tiny slides, even 35 millimeter on a slide projector uh, up on like a wall or a screen. It's amazing how large you can blow them up and they still look great. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's an experience. And I know a lot of people probably haven't sat through slide projections, but my dad uh, in the military shot mostly slide in like the early days of him dating my, my mom and their early days of marriage was all shot on slide. And like, several i can remember in my childhood many times my dad gathering family around and putting on these slide projection uh presentations of like his military days and their early uh early days together and uh it was always just i always loved it and it's it's that's something that i want to do uh i feel like with ectochrome when it comes out i will probably use it mostly for like family portraits family vacations Things that like, you know, three, four, five, ten years down the road when the kids are out of the house and they come visit. Hey, let's set up the slide projector. Let's look at uh, family vacation 2020 in Florida or whatever. And uh, uh, I feel like that will be a really cool thing. And that that's even there's something even more cool. Like I love photo albums, but there's something about a slide projection presentation where you turn the lights out and you project these images rather large on a screen or a wall or whatever. It's, there's something really, uh, it's, it's a different experience. And, uh, I feel like that's how I kind of want to use Ectochrome to like preserve these like family vacations and, and, and portraits and just family memories. Cause I don't know that I'll use it a lot for my daily photography because I'm, you know, I'm happy with the films I'm using for that. But, but for this, I have a really good slide projector that I got uh, uh, from a, a, a friend that worked in a graphic design firm that was given away like this like professional sort of Kodak uh, slide projector, and he just gave me one. So it's like it's ready to be used. I'm set up, and like do you happen I can't to know wait the name? to like do that. What's that? Do you happen to know the name by any chance? Uh, it was a Kodak. I need to get it down. I've been t saying for weeks I'm going to get it down and make sure it's uh, it's boxed up to keep the dust off of and everything. It's like a Kodak. It's Ecta something, maybe Ectographic, maybe. I'm not sure, but uh, I don't know if, that, if that's that the name. Sounds, not, that but. sounds properly Kodak-y. Yeah, it does sound very Kodak-y. There, there's a lot of Ectas and Ect extras and stuff going on i know it's, it's something like that but it's a super nice like i mean these these guys used to use this for 
I guess, presentations back in the day for their graphic design firm, you know, so it's, it's, it's a super good one. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, I got it for free. So like, uh, and, but I just can't wait. I, I can imagine like, you know, my kids are out of the house and maybe they bring, uh, their future wives over and you could throw in a family vacation and, uh, yeah, and just watch something from 10, five, 10 years ago. I just think there's something really cool about that. And that's kind of how I want to approach Ectochrome. Uh, and also like, I will probably process it myself because, uh, I'm, I'm not really scared of the idea of E6 processing. I know Andre, you've done it uh, quite a bit, but I'm, I'm pretty confident with C41 processing now. So it's I the think same. That, uh, it's like basically the same thing. If you do C41 processing at home, you have no, you have no reason to be scared of E6. Nice. Nice. Cause I definitely want to do that myself, which, uh, uh, and, I, and I will say this with Ektachrome, when it does come out, I probably will shoot a limited number of it to cross-process because I've always been a fan of cross-processing. Now, Ektachrome, out of all the film, now there was an Agfa film that they don't make anymore, obviously, that was kind of known to be the best at cross-processing. But Ektachrome was a close second. Like a lot of Fuji films didn't cross-process very well. Their colors kind of went a little crazy and a little too weird. But Ektachrome would, would cross-process pretty now, I don't know whether the new Ektachrome will or not. I'm not sure, but the old Ektachrome was one of the better uh, slide films to cross-process because the colors that would ex usually would accentuate the blues, maybe some greens, but uh, but it was always one of the better at cross-processing. So I'll probably do a limited amount of that, uh, but for the most part, I think Ektachrome, man, like I want to go like old school 70s slide film projection family vacation stuff with it and uh i think that's going to be super cool and uh, that's I, I that's one reason i'm really looking forward to it but uh i don't know andre any more thoughts on that one no i i i you know i 100 percent agree with with what you're saying i don't think that for my kind of like like daily shooting that slide film a you know from a cost perspective we don't know exactly what hectochrome is going to cost but i know that like i love shooting provia and it's not the cheapest you know film to to buy and shoot the um the at-home like e6 kits don't process as many rolls as a, as a c41 kit does um and I actually haven't exhausted mine, surprisingly. I do keep them, uh, same with my C41 chems, in like amber uh, glass bottles with those vacuum line stoppers. Um, and so far, I haven't shot like a whole ton of it. I don't know the exact like number of, of tanks worth that I've uh, put through it because I kind of stopped taking notes on that um, at some point. But um, from what I've heard, it doesn't process as many rolls of film as the C41 kits do. So for a variety of reasons, it's not going to be. And also, like, once again, uh, with the aim of projection, it's one thing if I'm shooting like medium format and, you know, I have it with the print files that I can like put on a light table and they're nice and big and I don't need to kind of like look down at them like really closely or take out a magnifier because um, medium format slide projectors are hella expensive um mm -hmm. but for 35 like as i'm kind of going through the process of mounting them yeah there's definitely i don't want to mount all of the pictures because going back to the our conversation last week about keeper rate not every picture is going to be like one that you want to really focus on and in this case like you you don't want to mount all of them per se so it's it's going to be sort of like a, a pick and choose type thing that being said you know, I definitely do the same way, like sometimes I want to do like a little experimentation, you know, I want to uh, get into, you know, 
some some black and white reversal. I know that there are some some reversal kits out there from Photographer's Formulary, from Rolly, and I would love to to do some of that. There's also a company out in oh crap, I don't remember the state, yeah, uh, but I yeah, five that you can send them uh, your black and white film. And they, they have like a limited number of stocks that apparently it works well with, and they tell you to expose it a certain way. Um, but they'll send you back, you know, like mounted black and white slides. And as lovely as color slides are, don't get me wrong, I'm really enjoying uh, seeing these. The ones that I'm actually mounting are uh, shots uh, on Provia that I took with my Olympus Pen F, so they're half frame. So for each slide, there's, you know, two pictures on there which is super cool um mm-hmm. i would love to see some like you know some black and white slides I think i've heard they're beautiful yeah yeah it's uh and you know obviously we're supposed to we're supposed to be getting a slide film from ferrani at some point i haven't really watched uh, them very closely and i don't really know if a whole lot of news has come out about them have you heard any more about ferrani's uh, progress on on their slide film because i mean that was their original aim but uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I've heard anymore recently. But uh, I haven't heard anything in a little while. Uh, but you know, I mean, I'm not gonna say same deal as as Ektachrome because you know they've already supposedly made a few batches and like tested them and you know gave them out to to people um, to to test out. So they're already kind of miles ahead of, of Ferrania on that front. But it's it's kind of the same thing, man. Like I'm I'm happy to let them you know, do their thing, take the time that it takes and, and make it good when it comes out, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to it. And I don't know, you know, what you folks are thinking about it, uh, what your plans are with slide film when it comes out, by all means, email us or get on the Facebook group and tell us what you think. And uh, I would be, I would love to know what your all's plans are for slide film. If, if you think you're going to shoot it a lot or how you would want to use it, uh, a lot of people I've heard I've heard both sides of the story as far as like scanning slide film. Some people act like it's a real pain in the ass, and other people say it's really easy. Andre, you've scanned it like have you 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 thought it was pretty easy, right? I thought it was super easy. I mean, I I haven't run it through the the pack on. I think in order to um to do it through the pack on, you need to you know use this like other software thing called like the TLX client. I'm not going to go into the the details of, of that, but for just using a flatbed scanner, I haven't had any issues at all. I don't ever, you know, really run into the same kind of issues of just like, oh, well, that's not what Portra, you know, overexposed by a stop should look like because, like, you know, we all know what that kind of looks like. And sometimes, like, you know, at least when I'm scanning, for some reason, my scanner will interpret that negative differently. And it's not mm-hmm. like an issue of like my, my chemistry being exhausted and I'd have to like fight with the color correction. I honestly like one of the big reasons why I'm excited for slide film is because I hate scanning color film. It's yeah, it's yeah. frustrating. I, I suck at, you know, color correction and I would rather just have something that scans easily and that can project or I can look at it on a light table. So uh, can I can I put my lecture pants on? <laughs> go ahead okay thank you so another I'm just, th- I'm just glad actually actually i'm just glad you're wearing pants in general right now because you're on <laughs> summer break so. i'm wearing very you know nice comfy uh pajama pants just lounging around <laughs> talking about film and mounting some <laughs> half frame uh slides uh, 
but so okay, what I what I mean by lecture pants is that um, same thing kind of goes with with uh, T Max P thirty two hundred. I mean, I don't want to be telling people what to do exactly, but I'm kind of going to the the ability for these companies to continue putting out these you know, new stocks or reintroducing old stocks is entirely dependent on us buying it. Because if they put in all this money and this time and effort to, to do these things and people don't, you know, buy it, they're not going to do it in the future. So I'm not saying, you know, everybody starts shooting slide film, like for your, your walking around town shots every day, put it in your point and shoot. I'm not saying that, but like definitely kind of vote with your dollar. If you want them to continue to do this stuff, you know, support it to the best of your ability. I agree. I absolutely agree. And like, cause I'm really, there's some other emulsions I've really wanted Kodak to bring back. I think plus X is a next obvious choice for them. Ah! The Hanker Gremlins are on high alert tonight, and I can think of is trying to have Andre on in a midweek episode is causing a strange disturbance in the force of podcasting, and uh, it's just not wanting to let us do this tonight. But uh, but as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted. Uh, yeah, as far as like supporting these new stocks that come out from these manufacturers. I think Plus X would be something that Kodak could look into bringing out. I hope so, because Plus X was a beautiful film, a 125 ISO, kind of slower version of Tri-X, a very classic film. And I think it's the next obvious choice for them. But we need T-Max 3200 to sell well, like to get people, to get Kodak to think, hey, what other emulsions can we release? So I'm with you, Andre. Like we need to support these new emulsions that come out. And same with Ektachrome, uh, because, you know, if we don't, if we keep buying like expired film or the, you know, the same old standards we always use or whatever, maybe we don't get new films. So I think it's a, definitely a way to uh, something. You don't have to shoot it all the time, but buy some rolls of it, you know, support it because that's how we get new emulsions. So uh, Andre, do you have any other thoughts to wrap this up for the gremlins attack us again? Yeah. I mean, so that doesn't only factor into new emulsions, but that also factors into, you know, new formats. When people were, you know, a little miffed about the fact that, and like even Ilford uh, kind of joked about the fact that, you know, uh, their 3200 speed they had in, in both 35 and medium format, you know, it's it's going to require them selling a lot of it in 35 for them to justify dedicating a certain, you know, number of, I don't know, square miles of film or another master roll entirely uh, to put into their, like, you know, machines that, that do the 120. It's, it's from what I understand, it's not as simple as just, you know, cutting it into bigger sizes. It's a, it seems to, to be from my research, an overly simplistic um, view of, of how these films are manufactured. So, you know, if we want to see stuff like T-Max P3200 in, in medium format, buy the hell out of it in 35. Absolutely. Especially the same with Ektachrome because with uh, Fuji possibly leaving us uh, stranded on slide film in the next couple of years, uh, there won't really be any medium format slide films unless Kodak can sell enough Ektachrome to justify them making it. So uh, we don't want to lose medium format slide film forever. So uh, supporting Ektachrome might be a way that we can uh, get that into the future. So uh yeah, it's something to definitely think about. And uh, that's a, we don't want to lose slide film like we lost uh, Polaroid pack film, you know. And so uh, the only way we don't lose it is if we support it. So 
definitely uh, something to think about as you're making your buying decisions in the future. Uh, Andre, I guess we should wrap this up before the gremlins attack us again. <laughs> so uh, uh, go ahead and tell people uh, you've made some, some little changes again on your social media, but uh, go ahead and uh, tell people where to see your work and where you're at with that. Uh, y'all can find my work uh, or lack thereof because there's still nothing on there <laughs> on Instagram <laughs> at Andre on film. Uh, so that's Andre dot on dot film. I need to find a better way of like explaining that. Um, I think that's good. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, so. I mean, it was, it was, it was what was available, so, <laughs> but there's still nothing on there. So, and also like, you know, don't expect me to, to be kind of dropping everything to sift through, you know, tons of files that are sitting on my computer, super disorganized in order to put stuff on there. I will do it in my good time, dear folks. Um, <laughs> You can, for the next few days, still see some of my stuff on my website, timelessstreets.com, before I ax that as well. <laughs> and, of course, on the Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group. Nice. You can see my photography on Instagram at Gutterman Photo, on Facebook at Mike Gutterman Photography. You can email this program at guttermanphoto at gmail.com. That is the end of this episode. And, uh, you know, it's very nice to have Andre on for a midweek episode. So that was super exciting. And, uh, you know, he's on summer break. He's partying now. So I like it. I like it a lot. But uh, Andre, here we go. Let's end this thing. Let's wrap it up. Everyone stay positive. And shoot some cool slide film photos. <laughs> nice. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you soon. <laughs>